David Fiorazzo is an author, ordained pastor, a media contributor, and a podcaster. He's been involved in broadcasting for over 30 years and in Christian ministry for over 25 years. David hosts a brand new podcast called Worldview Matters from Freedom Project Media and Harbinger's Daily, and he joins me today to talk about what's happening in the news, particularly as it relates to the nation of Israel, and we're going to hit on some of the headlines. It's going to be a great show. You guys, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So David, my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Heidi. Great to see you and uh, great to be back. It's great to see you. I was just on your show. You have a brand yes. new show called Worldview Matters. Tell me how that's going. Thank you. It's going very well. We kicked off uh, early September and uh, it, great guests. I love, I probably like you can say the same thing. I love the people I get to talk to and you're one of them. And I'm going to get you back in a few weeks. But um, it's been going well. People can subscribe at worldviewmatters.tv. That's and once a week email. But you can also go and watch their daily episodes, uh, less than a half hour. So uh, different topics. We've been doing Israel. We've been doing Bible prophecy. We've been doing the trans nonsense. We just did one on uh, women's ministry and Halloween, different things. So check out worldviewmatters.tv. Thank you for allowing me to give that plug because it is a new show. And I'm, uh, yeah. I'm blessed by, uh, so far, the, what I'm hearing so far. So thanks. Good. Well, it's exciting. You, you're one of those people I was just telling you before we started recording. I love having you on because you're interested in everything. And it's and it's sort of, I have that similar, a similar vibe going on here at my show, because I think mm -hmm. if, it, if it's happening in the world, Christians should be talking about it. We should be interested uh, with what's going on. I want to start today by just kibitzing with you about the situation over in Israel. Yes. Obviously, Israel declared war with Hamas, as rightfully they should when someone invades your country and kills innocent wow. civilians and rapes women in the street and beheads little babies. Uh, you know, a war. I mean, they, they've started yeah. a war. But what's shocking to me, and this is where I'm sort of interested in your mm -hmm. opinion and what you have to say, what's shocking to me is the posture of the United States and the, you know, who, first of all, it took us too long to respond. And then when we did respond, you know, sleepy Joe Biden, you can't st string two coherent sentences together, struggling to say what he, what he, the position we take now this morning in the news, I see that they're saying they, we need to be on guard against Islamophobia. So now we're going to move from Israel has wow. been invaded, women and children been killed, innocent civilians. I mean, these paragliders dropped into a party in the middle of uh, southern Israel and just started slaughtering people. Yeah. Now we're going now the narrative of the United States is moving to moral equivalence and Islamophobia. What say you? Well, I've seen some of the videos. I watched what some journalists were putting out, uh, if you dare, friends, and I want to encourage you, it's hard you who are watching and listening, don't look away. Because that's yeah. kind of what happened during the Holocaust. People looked away and just it was too gruesome those that actually knew and that was you know, another story. Um, but don't look away. There's, these are, this is evil that we haven't seen before. They went into homes yep. slaughtering families. They ripped babies out of pregnant women. And, and it's horrific. So what, what do I say? Yep. Well, we are under judgment to some degree in America. Most of us would probably understand yep. that and agree with that since the Obama administration. And then we had a little break during the Trump administration. Trump was, it's not an angel. But I loved his policies, especially pro-life and pro-Israel. Um, he moved the embassy, uh, U.S. Embassy, to Jerusalem. But one thing that we are experiencing now is we're giving money to terrorist organizations. 
We're giving money to Iran. We're giving taxpayer money. This is just one of the things that there's no accountability, that people feel powerless. And we're electing, well, not we, you and I, (laughs) Christians and conservatives. But so um, this is going on. Well, Christians and conservatives aren't voting. I mean, there are, you could do an entire yeah. you could do an entire podcast on that. The yep. the number of churches that will talk about our elections, the number of churches that will even talk about what's happening in Israel yeah. from the from the pulpit, uh, it's astonishing the condition of the church in the United States. Yeah, we just had a guest on my show, Worldview Matters, talking about Islam, the Muslim Muslim Brotherhood, and Hamas, and uh, got a couple comments. One of the comments was our pastor didn't even address what happened in Israel on October seven. The university system, obviously, it's corrupted. They There's pro-Palestinian marches. We've seen it on American streets. So, Heidi, these aren't people that are all in for, for evil. These are people that have been brainwashed. These are people that have believed that the leftist talking points on progressivism. And, yeah, yeah, Palestinians. And they have no idea. But let's go back to Genesis. Genesis 12, 3. Those who bl- God will bless those who bless Israel. Yep. And he will curse those who curse Israel. And the administrations, Obama, two terms, Biden, at least one term here, they are not supporting Israel. Trump supported Israel. Uh, oh, we can't, we can't last a whole lot longer, uh, you know, riding that, those coattails because th- that time is gone. Now we have a different administration that is not supporting Israel. So we've got to be careful, friends. I, before I go on, Heidi, I want to read a scripture from Isaiah that has been on my heart. And just to remember people, um, we've got to remember God's sovereign over all this. Israel is not a Christian nation. They're a secular nation, but they are his chosen people. But Isaiah uh, 46, 9 and 10 says, remember the former things long past for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my plan will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. That's Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. God's going to accomplish his will. It's going to be worked out. We don't like what's happening now, but let's just look at our own country. Um, We've got a lot of problems in our own country in in the demonic movements and agendas that they've been progressing to an extent. They've had some success in part, Heidi, because the church has been silent. We're not talking just about mm-hmm. Israel. The church has been silent on a lot of things. And uh, for example, the LGBTQ um, ideology, it's just really sad. And and Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. churches aren't teaching Bible prophecy. And we can go on and on on that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of problems. We've got battles on a lot of fronts right now. And Christians, mm-hmm. don't be discouraged. Don't look away. I think of Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. We've got to be fighting. Yeah, it's, I think a lot of people feel uh, frustrated. They're discouraged. You know, it's easy to just, you know, hide your head uh, yeah. from all the things. I heard, I listened to Ben Shapiro, who I think was one of the first people to say what you just said, which is don't look away. Yeah. And because Hamas filmed these atrocities, they're proud of it. I mean, the reason that we have these things on film is because the terrorists, uh, recorded it for us all, right? And so it's important that we not look away. And at the same time, I think we acknowledge a lot of people, Christians around the world, and even here in, uh, in the United States, feel oppressed. They feel tormented yeah. by the evil. doesn't matter where you go. You can go to the local library, and they've got drag queens, you know, reading to your children. Yes. You look at the Christian universities. I just uh, spoke uh, today, uh, yesterday on my show, rather, about 
what's happened at Multnomah University and removing their statement of faith. There's just so many things going on in the culture right now with regard to just how Christians are having to process all this stuff. Yeah. And you read a passage out of Second Peter that uh, really spoke to you. Tell us a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. This is a really good segue because I want to address what's happening at a level that, that I didn't see coming. Um, we, we knew the T was all the way in, the LGBTQ, mm-hmm. uh, for, a, for decades and decades, and now it's being rolled out full force, and it is demonic. But let's go back to Second Peter 2, and let's talk about how Lot, who the Bible considers him righteous, wasn't perfect, but he was mm-hmm. considered righteous. Peter said, and he, by the way, Peter, in this context, it's about judgment. It's warning about God's judgment. It talked about what happened before, talked about what happened and now what's coming. But he said, if God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, real actual cities, part of the cities of the plain over there, there were uh, several cities in that area, that whole vicinity was wiped out, not just the two cities. But he said, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. Yep. And if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for what he saw and heard that righteous man while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. But I want to stop right there. Um, And he also says, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. But we feel oppressed at times by what's going on. And I admit, I feel tormented. There's another translation there. Another meaning of that word is almost like tortured. Our, our soul, mm-hmm. our minds, our will, our emotions, looking what's happening. It's exhausting. The, it, the evil is nonstop. It is relentless. The enemy will not stop. We've got to recognize first and foremost, this is a spiritual battle. Forces of darkness, yep. principalities and powers, they are at work. And they know their time is short. And the Bible teaches that. Satan knows his days are numbered. We're getting close to the end. We are in the last days. But let's talk about how oppressed we feel. I want to just share one example. Um and it's this guy name his name is Dr. Curtis Crane. I heard about him through um, Chris Rufo, Manhattan Institute. Chris Rufo was writing about this guy, City Journal as well. And there's a, a doctor and he's in Austin and San Francisco as two separate clinics where they do a lot of transgender uh, manipulation, cosmetic mm-hmm. surgeries, and I call them experimental surgeries. But well, that's this was. <laughs> This was in an article I wrote, Heidi, that started off by saying the American Medical Association now wants to suggest that taxpayers fund uterus transplants. Wait a minute. That that's, sounds crazy, right? Because it's a very high-risk procedure. It can cost up to $300,000. It can take in a year and a half surgeries, follow-ups, and a lot of money. The love of money is root of all kinds of evil, yep. and the medical profession is not immune from this temptation. Well, to, hey, we saw hey, that in the Rona, didn't we? Oh, we Come sure on. did. Yes, we sure did. So mm-hmm. let's get back to what this guy's doing now. First of all, there are women that some of them are born without a womb or without a uterus. So the medical community, how can I help? Well, we can maybe, we have the, the technology now to do this. There have only been about 100, I think, um, in America. The first uterus transplant was 2014 in Sweden, I believe. But so, okay, you can do that. It's high risk. But yet a woman was born, I mean, a woman was born, a baby was born last year, in May of this year, 
after the first uterus transplant in America at the University of Alabama. So she had a baby, and she was, it, with, this is miraculous, this is remarkable, but the question I ask is ethical. Should yep. we do it just because we can do something? Should we do it? So now they're taking it to the next level and saying, what about transgenders? What about, you know, and this is to you and I, it's a, a man who wants to see if he can get pregnant and have a baby. That's what it is. But so they're saying, let's do uterus transplants for transgenders now. This is so twisted. Now we bring in Dr. Curtis Crane, who's been doing these non-binary surgeries. Now, let me just, just read a little bit because I wrote about it a couple months ago. You can find it on my website or at Harbinger's Daily. But um, and, and he's got a two-year waiting list from what I understand. So business is booming there. So he's been doing a procedure called non-binary genital surgery since 2015. He's got five doctors, more than 1,000 of these experimental operations a year. And he's, he specializes in what's called vaginoplasty, which involves castration and nullification, and then creating an artificial vagina for male-to-female patients. He also does phalloplasty, which is creating and installing an artificial male organ, and that's for female-to-male patients. Now, this is where it gets so twisted, and I didn't see this next step coming. And you guys know when we're talking about being oppressed or feeling tormented about this. Crane designs and performs another surgery. It's called non-binary, which he fashions together both male and female organs or genitalia for one person. So what? One, one person has both male and female because, and I read the reasoning. His reasoning was, hmm, if, if gender is non-binary, what's to say what someone could- What does it could, matter? Exactly. So that's what, so we, I'll go back to Genesis. You know, my new book, I'm coming out, God willing, in December, The Assault on the Image of God, Imago Dei, the truth of creation, that we were created in his image. And so there's tearing apart God's ex existence, the divine order, Male, female, marriage, family, societal order. They're tearing that apart. F family, we're being attacked. And of course, the Christians are. But so this guy, he's just making money. And he's just saying, hey, if someone wants to keep their organ and they think they're the other gender, they just want to have the other one put on. That's what he's doing to some people. Today's program is being sponsored in part by MyPillow. You guys, I love this company, and right now they are having a mattress sale. Listen, I have a MyPillow mattress, and I love it, and right now their complete mattress system is on sale for 50% off when you use the promo code HEIDI. Uh, the mattresses come in coil and foam in a wide range of sizes from twin to split king, and they carry a 10-year warranty with a six-month money-back guarantee. Call 1-800-447-0541 or visit MyPillow.com and just use the promo code HEIDI to save 50% at checkout off the complete mattress sleep system. This deal is not going to last long. Enter promo code HEIDI to save 50% today. That is so amazing. It, well, it's going to come and back. Really, you just hit the nail on the head because this is a spiritual battle. It is yep. spiritual from sunup to sundown. This is an, an attack against Creator God. This is the <sighs> adversary, the spirit of the age, right? Sticking yep. his thumb in the face of Creator God and saying, oh, yeah? You know, look what I just did to your kid over there. Look what I'm doing over here, right? We know that God created us in his image. He loves human beings and yeah. Satan's after him. And I've been teaching here at Firmly Planted Family for the last several weeks. I'm taking uh, audiences through the book of Revelation. 
And awesome. we're talking about how how uh, prevalent now the spirit of the age is, and yet we were warned about this in Scripture. We weren't warned Absolutely. about uterine transplants. I just uh, shared a post of someone the other day who, a transgender, right? So a dude who wants to be a woman who said that he wants to get the first uterine transgender transplant so that he can have the first transgender abortion. This oh. is sick. It is evil. It is an abomination before yep. the Lord, and the church should have a voice. Yes, and that's one of the big issues, Heidi. Oh, we've had a lot of conversations, you and I, about the silence yeah. of the church, not talking about these things. It's because deafening. Oh, wait, wait a minute, though, Heidi. It's a political issue, isn't it? No, this is an issue of morality. This is a direct assault on God, his word, on believers, on the gospel, on the truth. This is an assault, friends. Mm -hmm. So if your pastor, I'm going to say this, if your pastor is not talking about these things. I mean, Israel as well. But if he's not talking about issues of sexuality, when it comes to what the Bible teaches on the morals that we have, our code, as far as the Bible, that's our authority. Our, the Bible is the final authority. If he's not teaching on these things, your congregation is not equipped. If, you're, if he's just doing a topical sermon every Sunday and just whatever, gosh. So kids, and by the way, we can go back to Barner research too. We know that I think 67% of pastors, it was a high high percentage of pastors don't even have a biblical worldview. But Heidi, let's talk about the kids. What are kids learning? Are kids being equipped? Only 13% of youth pastors have a biblical worldview. And my understanding over the past decades, when I heard the idea of a youth pastor, which technically is not really kind of biblical, but anyway, let's just let that go. Um, they think they're just there to, to keep the kids occupied. They're not doing discipleship. They're not really, most of them are not, they just go, well, kids have short attention spans. They've got all the machines, all the, you know, they've got the phones and the, yeah. every, let's keep them, yeah. let's have fun. Let's play games. And you've, I'm sure heard yeah. like some of the games that youth pastors play and that's not doing, it's doing a disservice to kids. And um, so we've got a lot of trouble right in the church. So well, and it comes, it goes back to the outsourcing of, of parenting, right? So Christian parents yeah. for decades now and generations have outsourced parenting. And we've decided that it's the job of the pastor and the youth pastor to give our children that spiritual formation that God says is the responsibility of parents. And then you see the church stepping down from its role mm -hmm. in the culture. And people yeah. say, you know, you and I have talked about politics a lot because I was on your show quite a bit when I was running for Congress. The reality is 99.9%, .9%, maybe even 100%, of the issues that we're dealing with uh, that are called political are moral at their root. Well, if they're moral at their root, the church has should have a voice. We should be talking about this stuff. Yeah. yeah. What is your starting point? What is your pastor's starting point? If we are not addressing these things, I mean, we've got to go back to what the Bible teaches. And what's happening in our culture is no surprise. The left is going to, they're pushing the envelope. I, you know, every time some of the, I'm reading some of these things, Heidi, what's happening, what they're doing, whether it's, the, the government schools or in media or in the entertainment industry or corporations with the new DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever else they're pushing and CRT, it's like they're going to do as much as they can get away with because there's not as much resistance or pushback from the people and the church of all people. The church should be the ones. If you love your neighbor, don't you yep. want to protect your children, your neighbor's children? We should be speaking yep. up and addressing these, confronting these issues.
but we're not. Yeah. And like you've said many times before in your show, I mean, you wrote a whole book about this, about truth and how important it is. Love tells the truth. And the church yeah. decided a long time ago that it would sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy. And so we we look at a situation, we go, oh, well, we don't want to tell that. We don't want to call that person out for his sin because after all, he identifies that way or homosexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to just love people where they're at. Well, Jesus did that, right? He loves you where you're at. But the yeah. way he loves you is he says, hey, go and sin no more, right? And we, we've kind of gotten away from that in the church today. That's a good point because we have to remember, and friends, whoever's watching and listening, these people are lost. Many are not deceivers, most of them are deceived um, yes, and right. they, they are completely lost and they're confused. If, if you heard the same talking points from when you were in kindergarten through, I mean, you, you said a very good, very important point that it's got to start at home. Uh, if parents aren't raising their kids on the biblical worldview, where are they going to get it today? Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll, the left has hijacked all the major institutions. They are not going to get the biblical worldview anywhere because they're not even getting it at church sometimes. So you're, you need to get it at home. You need to give it to them at home. But So they're growing up hearing all this. We can't be surprised when they end up to be social justice activists and think, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I guess if whatever they say, I'm supposed to be putting my communist fist up in the air and saying Black Lives Matter, not thinking about Marxism and the demonic-driven yep. movement that is the Black Lives Matter global network foundation that is funded by the left. doesn't care one whit about black people. They don't care. No, no. They don't care about the black unborn. They don't care about black conservatives. Exactly. They don't care about black police officers. This is not about the black community. This is about promoting a political agenda. We've yep. got to do better than this. We have yes. to be uh, wise as a serpent, Jesus said, and gentle as a dove. And man, I'll tell you, what an amazing, what an amazing time to be alive. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was just thinking, you know, we have an opportunity, our grandparents or great-grandparents didn't have. They didn't see what we have today in our culture. They didn't see it coming. They didn't by a long shot. By the way, one of the chapters in my new book is going to be, actually it is, I already wrote it. What would our great grandparents think about what's going on today? Can you imagine? That was before the internet, before the the public schools went to, you know what? So we've got a lot of issues, Heidi, but it it all comes down to the gospel. We are here Mm. For such a time as this, and as long as there's breath in our lungs and our hearts are beating, uh, we are messengers of reconciliation. We are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors represent their king. So I'll look at you and say, friends, are you representing your king, Jesus Christ, the Lord? Are you representing him? outside of your home. I mean, I'm sure you are in your home before your children. Hopefully that's a given. What about when you go outside that door? Because that's who needs to see the light. And it just takes a little bit of light in this dark, corrupt, and perverse culture and generation. You have a lot of people on your show, and you've been doing, you know, broadcasting for a very long time. And I'm curious to know, this wasn't in our notes today, but as I'm (laughs) looking at... uh, 
you know, I'm looking at, at Revelation chapter seven and of course talking about what it's going to be like in heaven. I mean, it's mm. heaven is a constant worship service, right? Mm. A blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might to be to God forever and ever. And this, this, the age of the church, I believe the church age is coming to a close. I think that we are, we're very near to the rapture. I mean, certainly we are much more uh, close now than we were 10 years ago. And we don't know if we're looking at another 10 years or another 50 years, but the point is, uh, the Lord is going to return for a church that is chaste and pure and following after him. And boy, if we're not struggling to do that uh, right now. But so fascinating to me to think about all the people that you have talked to mm-hmm. and most of the Christians that I know, at least the ones who are in the Word and are sensitive to the Spirit, they sense that something is up. Oh, yeah. We're close. Are you getting that yeah. too? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I got even before the horrific tragedy and the, the attacks by Hamas on Israel on October 7th, even before that, even BC, Heidi, before COVID, uh, even oh. the, I, I was thinking the last maybe five or 10 years, I've noticed, but now, oh my goodness. And then now we've got AI, we've got all this stuff, the World Economic well, we Forum have an and the globalist southern border. Who yes. was it? Uh, I can't remember. It might have been the Washington Post. So the, even the liberal newspapers now are starting to be like, oh, this doesn't look very good, right? Published <laughs> a picture of probably probably 5,000, and they look to be armed men. These are not women and children. These are not no. your tired, huddled masses. <laughs> these are, these are uh, grown men. Yes. Many of them look to be 17, 18, 19, you know, you know I'm sorry, fighting age. Yeah. And we have let them into our country by the millions. Um, it's and that's just, I mean, it's just a matter of is time. Is it just me or is something up? Well, the FBI was it the FBI one of the agencies is warning that there are potential terror cells already you here think? in the yeah, no surprise. Yeah. We need it, the FBI yeah. to tell us that cuz yeah. the FBI is such a stellar organization <laughs> and we believe everything they tell us, right? Oh, uh, dripping, I, I Heidi, like, dripping. Well, <laughs> with sarcasm. Hey, what real yeah. quick you brought up Revelation 7, and I've got to go back to it and just read a verse 9 when it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, listen to this, from every nation and yep. all the tribes, how many? All the tribes, peoples, and languages, all standing before the throne, before the Lamb, and then clothed and crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. That is powerful. That's it saying, is. you know, Jesus, our Lord, transcends race, language, borders, nations. And so I, I just thought that I just really wanted to point that out. You brought up It's beautiful. Revelation. And it's, it's beautiful also because these are, I mean, that passage is talking specifically of this great multitude are people who come to Christ during the tribulation. So these are people who he's saying have been martyred for their faith. This comes right after the sixth seal is broken. The cry of the martyrs goes up and they say to the Lord, how long, how much longer are you going to wait before you come back? And so you're talking about people who have been martyred for their faith, who stand before the throne. Because right before, uh, right before that passage, right, we, we, we're hearing about what's going on on the earth. And this great multitude that ends up standing before the Lord, and immediately they're in the presence of the Lord, clothed in white. Like, this is what's coming. Wow. And even in the yeah. tribulation, people who have still been left on the earth after, after the rapture of the church and have been shaking their fist at God come to know him during some of the most horrific times to be alive on planet earth, 
and immediately after they die, they are standing before the Lord in heaven. It's an incredible thing to behold. Yep, yep. I love that book. I thank you for teaching it. I mean, there are some pastors who won't touch it. Um, so, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a lot in there. I, I think of the, the letters in Revelation 2 and 3, the letters to the churches. When someone, you know, might say, well, what would Jesus say to the American church today? I'm going, well, for starters, first, we, we have an idea. But let's go back to what he said to the churches in Asia Minor. And those were at that time. There were eyewitnesses still alive at that time. And the churches We've were having the issues. Lord. The five oh, yeah. of them were being rebuked including the yeah. lukewarm church at Laodicea. So we're like the United States of entertainment, the lukewarm church that's so focused on culture and so distracted. And I want to encourage yeah, Don't you even friends. get me started on the Dev Awards. Oh, oh my boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, this, in this, uh, this culture that we live in, right? The celebrity culture. We have, yeah. we've, we've turned our pastors into celebrities. We've turned worship leaders into celebrities. We hang out in the green room, right? Oh and boy. we, and instead of ministering to the people and yet Jesus said, you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven. He who is the least will be the greatest. We got it backward. The American church has it backward. I'm glad you brought that up. There's something, you know, we're, we were talking about what happened in Israel, horrific, unprecedented evil new ways of doing it and filming it. And then what happened just in, in clinics and in some children's hospitals in America that are doing these gender affirmation surgeries. I think that's what they're gender affirming care. From, yep. Boy, these people are, but I think about just so much else that's going on that we're, we, we have to take a step back and go, all right, God is not surprised by any of this. And I think we need to remind ourselves, you know, he's not up there pacing. And we shouldn't be either. But mm, the church so needs good. to say something. The church yeah. needs to speak up. I think of Dietrich yeah. Bonhoeffer, the famous, mm -hmm. he was one of the third of confessing a church in Germany, mm -hmm. not the professing church, which two-thirds of them caved and went along with Hitler, either to conform or they actually thought maybe he was going to do something good for the yep. nation. But yep. Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Yes. Not to speak is to speak, and not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. And so I don't want to condemn or, or judge people here, but um, I know I could do a better job when I'm out in public, maybe just looking at, at the gas station or somewhere, the grocery store, handing out a Bible tract, or just sharing people the love of Christ, because they're hopeless. They see what's going on. We're seeing what's going on. They see what's going on. They don't have the Bible true. to make That's sense true. of any of it. They can't make That's sense good. of this. They're just going, wow, this, this is, I don't understand how they're, left is right, right is left, up is down. Good is being called evil. Evil is being called good. They don't have the biblical perspective that we do. We can look through the, that lens and go, yeah, we see what's happening. We understand. So we, we're discerning, but people need to hear you know, oh, oh, really, oh, yeah. tell it. Maybe they'll ask you for more. Maybe they'll ask you yeah. why, the hope that we have. Why do we? Why can we yeah. still believe with, when everything's going, you know, to you know where? Yeah, How can that's we still exact, believe? That's exactly right. We know that our hope isn't here. Our hope is in heaven. Hmm. And uh, I'm just, I'm so thankful for your voice. Tell us one more time, David, about your podcast, and then yes. I'm going to see if I can get you to come back for happy hour for a couple of minutes. <laughs> okay. Worldviewmatters.tv, or you can download the Freedom Project app. It started as an online classical Christian school and, and academy, um, but now they've branched out into the media wing. I've been working a little part-time for about eight years, but we just started Worldview Matters. So Freedom Project is who puts it on. They do a great job. I'm thankful with the 
quality with uh, what they've been doing. So worldviewmatters.tv. I love it. Uh, David Fiorazzo, you are a voice that uh, that a lot of people listen to and trust. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for the steady leadership, the reminder that Christ is on his throne, and we are here for such a time as this. Come back Amen. and join me again. I'd love to have you. All right. God bless you. Thanks, Heidi. For those of you who are subscribed to the Heidi St. John podcast, many of you know the story of what's happening right now with uh, David's wife post-COVID, and uh, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to get a little bit of update from him. So if you're subscribed to the show, stick around for happy hour. Everybody else, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to subscribe, you can do that by going to Spotify. Just click the subscribe button. It's a great way to support this podcast and help keep us on the air five days a week. We love you guys. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and